Hey everyone, and welcome to 1.21 Gigawatts. I am Peter, that is Matt. We talk about movies on this show, and in this episode, uh, we obviously got another new release this week, and that is Ready Player One, the Spielberg-directed uh, story about a kid who saves the Oasis, which is, which is the online digital world that everyone in this story kind of spends their time in. It's based on a book, of course, that came out in 2011, mm-hmm. uh, and it was once said to be unfilmable because it had far too many pop culture references to other things. Mm-hmm. So a big part of the appeal of this story is how many things they've, they've got in here. You see the Iron Giant, you see you know the DeLorean mm-hmm. from Back to the Future, and so on and so on. Uh, so that, that's, that's basically what this is. We'll start spoiler-free, as we, as we always mm-hmm. do. Uh, we'll give you a warning before we go into spoilers, uh, but that's that's what's going to happen. So uh, yeah. yeah, so yeah, so it's, I basically just said what it was, but yeah, so it's a VR world. Everyone goes into it's a big MMO where everything's inside mm-hmm. it. Yeah, so you know, uh, I needed this one. Uh, I, I uh, Spielberg's my favorite director, bar none. Uh, top three of my well, he has something to do with all five of my top five movies of all time. So you know. To say Steven Spielberg is important in my life is an understatement. So, uh, and he seemed like the right guy to do this because having read the book, you know, there's a lot of stuff that he's responsible for that's in there. But as I read the book, it seems like not so much. So when they're like, oh, Spielberg's the perfect guy to direct this, I'm kind of like, mm, maybe, but. It's worth mentioning, just interjecting here, that I have yeah. not read the book. So that's, that's his perspective right. from people who. And, He's read. You've and, read the book. I've not. So you're getting both yeah, sides. So of let's it. Let, let's let me put one thing to bed. Uh, I kept hearing how much of a nerd fantasy Ready Player One the book was. So I read it, and it took me a little while because I kept putting it down, putting it up. And when it was all said and done, I was like, "Man, I hope the movie's better than this." Because <laughs> the the book I find is vastly overrated. Um, uh, that you know what? said. It's a shame. It's a shame that Cora couldn't be here for this because I know Cora yeah. likes the book. I know. And actually seen the movie right now. He he, he put yeah. up on Facebook like a, like you know I know where I go. Oh, I'm just about to see like, Ready Player One. Right before we had logged on, uh, he just finished. Oh, did he? Okay, right. Yeah, yeah. So you know, go there check his. I'm not gonna ruin his take, but yeah. I've seen a lot of people going. I wish it was as good as the book. And as someone that didn't enjoy the book, I go, well, no, that that's fine because there are large sections of the book that. The, the writer, Ernest Klein likes to describe the rigs that they're interacting with the Oasis or to go on these diatribes of video game history or, you know, whole chunks of movies that the players have to act out. And that's, that doesn't make a good movie, you know, like, I don't know if it makes a good book either, to be honest, but the sounds of Yeah. So I kept waiting for stuff and, you know, I had seen the first trailer before I started reading the book, so I keep waiting for stuff that happened in the trailer, like the Iron Giant or, you know, the DeLorean in this super awesome race through through the streets. Mm-hmm. And they never pop up. And I'm like, oh, you know. So, you know, my hot take is this movie is far better than the book. Uh, I'll hold my the, the rest of the opinion on the movie as we talk, mm-hmm. but... I just wanted to get that out of the way because I don't want to keep having to compare it to the book. Yeah, yeah, you know, I get you. I, I, I get that out of the way that I didn't enjoy the book that much. They're the characters I enjoy, the parts of it I do enjoy, but for the most part, you know, yeah, I enjoyed I, the movie more. I was skeptical going into this. Uh, I mean, first and foremost, from a Spielberg point of view, I think Spielberg was once a fantastic director who, you know, 
cult classic, or not cult classic, pop culture classic, I suppose I should say, mm. after, you, you, know, you know, Jaws, Close Encounters, uh, Raiders, the other Indiana Jones movies, Jurassic Park, like, there's, a, there's an era from the mid-70s to the mid-90s where he was just, like, he's golden age, right? And I've not really cared about Spielberg all that much since, especially in the last decade. You know, the last decade, Lincoln and things like that, I'm just like, eh. Yeah, I, I feel there's two Spielbergs. There's Spielberg pre-Jurassic Park and then post-Schindler's List. Yeah, because they were the same like year, the, of course, which is why that's yeah. a, a good way of putting that, yeah. And I, and I feel like he became a different kind of director. And, you know, he'll throw the odd fun one like Tintin, but, you know, that's an animated movie, so. And I fell asleep during that the theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the, most of his have been very, I don't want to say procedural, but they're historically based. They're kind of dry. And I do enjoy them and appreciate them, but it's not the Spielberg that, as a kid, I fell in love with. So the idea of him returning to that with Ready Player One was all I needed. But here's the thing. So I was skeptical for that reason. I was skeptical because, honestly, I look at the concept of Ready Player One, and my biggest concern, my biggest worry is... This is just going to be, hey, you recognize this thing. You recognize this thing. We don't have to actually have a good story because we're just going to like disguise ourselves with all the cool pop culture references that are going to make you go, ooh and ah, and we'll, we'll hide the fact that everything's really thin behind that fact. That's what I was concerned with going in. I really was. Um, and having seen it, have, having now seen Ready Player One, my opinion of it is this weird, murky place in the middle that I don't even like. I mean, I, 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 I would go as far as to say I definitely didn't like it. I didn't hate mm-hmm. it, but I didn't like it either. But but to me, that's far worse. Being being in the middle, being in the breakers yeah. versus the waves of the shore, because like we hated Batman versus Superman. Oh shit! Like, yeah. It, it would have been far worse if we were like, oh, it was a movie. Yeah, you know? yeah. Because uh, because so. ultimately, it's funny because you at one point you just said there that Spielberg's movies now feel procedural, and that's kind of partly how I feel about this. Is that it feels so paint by numbers? I, I don't feel there's any spark of like genius or creativity going on here it's just kind of like uh, it builds up uh, so, so some things that I mean some of it's purely out of taste I, I despise how this movie looks I hate the CG and the, the Oasis I hate how the characters look I just think it looks ugly now as uh, subjective like there's, there's nothing you can do to argue or like against and for that no but, I know I'm just, I'm just going to pick your brain on that uh, yeah. would you view rather to have been more photorealistic or more cartoony uh, photorealistic uh, my reason okay. why is because it's a movie and I'd rather it wasn't like, you know, because it, it almost feels like, oh, it's supposed to be a video game. We don't have to make the CG be that great. Yeah. So we can just do this. Like, and ultimately, I will always prefer just watching actors act and proper shot live action footage. Actually, I was shocked watching this, how little of it was actually live action. Yeah, because I going in, I had heard that this was more, it takes place more in the real world. And then as I'm sitting there watching, I go, oh no, we're in Oasis a lot. Yeah. Uh, so... That's weird. Now that's not no. to say that it's always a death because obviously the same argument can be made for Avatar is the, the big one that yeah. I think of, and I think that typically looks better. It still looks CG, but it looks yeah, better that, than this that, does. That all takes place in the same world versus this, oh, where sure. there's two yeah. distinct. You know, so I think I just I think Challenger or Challenger Avatar is much more of a, a challenge for Cameron. Because yeah. you have to make it photorealistic. Yeah, there's more of a technical feat going on there, but it's it's quite a yeah. pretty movie. Like, even if you don't necessarily like that they're not using actors yeah. in you know the traditional sense, it's still quite pretty. Yeah. Uh, th- this like I don't know, it had that murky CG look to me. I, I thought the action was kind of haphazard, uh, especially the the big final fight. You see it in the trailers. There's like a big army like you know t- thing happening. Uh, mm-hmm. That's where Iron Giants involved and everything else. Yeah. Uh, 
that just felt like a video game cutscene to me. And I know you could say that's the point, Peter. I'm like, well, yeah, but I don't like big video game cutscenes like this, where it's just uh, an army of characters who, yeah, okay, I recognise some of them. I go, oh, hey, there's Batgirl. That's kind of cool, I guess. Mm-hmm. But like, they're, 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 they're just there for blinking. You'll miss them, and then it's just like armies of CG characters dying. It's, it's actually, yeah. and I'm going to get flack for this. But it's why Uh-oh. I don't really like the Lord of the Rings films that much. Because, to me, the battle scenes in that feel the same way. It's just hordes uh, of CG characters dying. <laughs> like, I don't care. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand that. I, I don't like Lord of the Rings for other reasons than, than that. But I, I hmm. somewhat agree with you. Not the only reason. Let me just make that clear. It's not the only okay, reason there, I you go, the movie, there you go. There you go. Yeah. He's not a secret, you know, ring guy. <laughs> Even though sometimes he reminds me of Gollum when it comes to his Blu-ray collection. Precious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't mind the CG that much because uh, when it hit for me, it hit. I mean, seeing the DeLorean in that race, and then a T Rex pops out, and it just it was pure fun, and I was able to yeah. You know, but it's, just it's like cheap off. pops. It's like it's the equivalent to in wrestling, right? See, in wrestling, when Mick Foley says, hey, I'm happy to be here, and he names the cities, and, and they all cheer because they said the city. That's exactly what this is. It is a cheap pop. It is like, hey, you like Back to the Future. Here's the DeLorean. Oh, I like Back to the I like the DeLorean, yay! And it's like, well, yeah, just go watch Back to the Future then. Yes, I know, but I, I still have yet to see Back to the Future on the big screen. So the fact that every time this trailer came on and I got to see the, the DeLorean pop in with the, with the music from mm. the trailer... It made me misty-eyed. Like it, because here's here's the thing. I, There's a couple of references that I think work well enough, and I'll I'll save them for spoilers. But there's a couple that work well enough because they actually devote time to them and what they mean to the because the whole thing, of course, is you, you get uh, what's his name Had Halliday, uh, yeah. who, who built the place, right? And the whole plot of the movie is that he's passed away, but as a sort of an Easter egg inside the game, he's like, okay, whoever solves my gaming by getting all my keys that are all hidden in these different challenges throughout the world uh, gets my fortune, gets the rights to the game, you get a control oasis. Um, that's obviously why the evil company IOI is like trying to like win it themselves, because they want to like, control it. The corporation wants to control it and blah, blah, blah. Right? So that, that's all going on. And I thought, okay, right, so where the whole point here is that these are all things that meant something to this guy, right? And I'm like, okay, the ones where they actually take time and focus on entirely, there's a... I won't say what it is yet, but there's, there's, a, there's a section in the middle where it's inside a movie, and that, that section is probably the best section of the, the whole film because it devotes itself to it and says, okay, let's play with what happens in that. And how it, Whereas, see the first, like, 30 minutes of this, it's, it's just, like, here's something you recognise walking by, here's another thing, here's another thing, here's, here's like, a group of people over there, there's... And, uh, and, so and that's on. the spirit and tone of the book, too. So that's why I don't... If you don't like that stuff, it's definitely not for you because the, it is full of all of that I, I stuff. I think it, there's a point where it's just distracting because it almost mm-hmm. feels like, oh, we can just reference all these things so we're going to, and not because yep. it really serves a purpose. Because my, my, my actual biggest problem with the the, the movie is not even, I've not even got to yet, and it's actually, I, I feel like it doesn't really commit to what it wants to be. It kind of mishmashes like three or four different ideas together and doesn't really commit to any one of them. Because uh, I, I thought going in, okay, maybe it'll be... When I say going in, I, what I really mean is in the first act, when I was watching yeah. it, in the first act, I was like, okay, so maybe this is going to be the story of uh, how the, how this guy, this rich guy who made this, you know, the, the, the Steve Jobs, mm-hmm. if you will, uh, he was very lonely, but pop culture filled his life, and it was going to be a love letter to art and what it does for people. I thought, okay, that's the sentimental Spielberg that I can see it going towards the end, right? Uh... And, it, it kind of hits on that a couple of times, but it doesn't really go down that path. And then there's the other side, it's like, well, no, no, he ignored his real life, and he, you know, the ultimate message is going to be we have to not ignore our problems. Because one of the first mm-hmm. lines in the movie, when, uh, what's his face? Uh, Percival. Percival? 
he he mm-hmm. uh, he's the narrating at the start. And he's explaining. That's that's the author. There's a lot of exposition just to explain what the hell's going on. But yeah. He's... Oh, and so and, and through the the book, it's seeded throughout. So mm. and you don't want to do that in the movie. So you need to front load it. I expected it, but. It was a bit clumsy. Yeah, how they front-loaded the exposition. Because he's describing stuff, and the way he describes like, the world all using Oasis, he says, "Oh, like a lot of bad, bad things happen, and then people started surviving their problems rather than trying to solve them." And I thought, okay, so the point of the movie is going to be that everyone has to realize, oh no, we should stop waste, you know, spending time in the game and actually start actually building the real world again and making life better. Stop ignoring the problems. Okay, that's also a good good thing to make the movie about. And it kind of goes... Again, it hits on that a little bit, but it never really commits to it and goes down that path. Uh, and then the other side of things where I thought, okay, maybe it'll go down this path, is oh, you've got the evil company and they want to like, take the game and like monetize it and put in adverts everywhere and control control the whole thing. And you know, It's going to be freedom versus corporate greed. And again, it's there a little bit, but it doesn't really go far enough to really sell why... This is the the worst thing ever. This was actually one of the things I was speaking to Connor uh, he, before he'd, he'd seen it, obviously. Uh, my biggest problem with it was that I felt like it was unfocused in what it was actually doing. And when I said most of my problems as to why I didn't really buy the threat of the movie, yeah. he basically said, he started saying, yeah, but what about this? And I'm like, that wasn't in it. And then he says, what about this? But that's not in it either. And he, he kept he kept saying things from the book. And I'm like, no, none of this is in the movie. That, like, Because my biggest thing is that I don't actually care that much when I when we're getting to the third act. I don't actually care that much about them saving the Oasis because they never actually do enough to tell me why this is that important. And see, this is where my my oh, what am I? I? I guess a contrarian view comes where I don't like being told what to do. Like, and I know at my age I should just get over that. But <laughs> so 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 the fact yes. that you have this company coming in and being like no we're going to do it this way and we control everything that is still the worst villain you could create for me oh, i guess oh sure like i'm, I'm not you saying know? that like i i, I cuz the, the way it feels like in the movie is that it feels like they're coming to put microtransactions in our games so this is the other thing as someone who plays video games there was lots yeah. of things really early on that i was like oh i'd hate this so much i i hate this you have currency and then when you die you lose all your currency i'm like oh this is everything yeah. i hate about gaming but like yeah. but basically they're going to come in and put in the loot boxes and put in the adverts and we're going to take it over but mm-hmm. the movie never really sold me in the idea that it was anything more than that because as much as yeah that's shitty and i sympathize with the, mm-hmm. the people who enjoy the thing like wanting to keep their thing the way it is the movie's told me that everyone wastes too much time in this game and doesn't solve the real world's mm-hmm. problems. And it also never tells me why the Oasis is important in the grand scheme of things. Connor was telling me that in the book, like most people have jobs inside the Oasis, that people go yeah. to school inside the Oasis. And, it, it, and mm-hmm. like, it's, it's like a kind of it functional... doesn't touch on those. Like, yeah. that, that was the first big digression I got. I was like, oh wait, we're not getting his school life where he has to, you know, because you, you find out early in the movie, he doesn't, you know, use the Oasis in his home. He goes to this little hideout, and that's because yeah. he has to go to school. Everybody that you know can't afford to go to a, a school in the real world logs in and does online school at the Oasis. Uh, so, and he has to be there, you know, and that that factors into later on in yeah, in parts. Yeah, uh, so it, but they didn't touch on that at all. Like, it, it, you hear it, the it, name it, of the planet, Udis, but it's not there. It never sold me on just why this was like that big a deal. Like, because because by the end of the movie, like, you, you're in this big fight, armies and all that, and I'm like. And he's giving speeches about rallying everyone who's inside the game. Like, come on, let's come and fight for our rights and stuff. And ultimately, I could feel like, yeah, but it's just a video game. Like, you know, first world problems and all that. <laughs> like, yeah, it- I. So, so I'll, I'll, I'll devil's advocate you, you here because I kind of agree, but 
again, the, the story did work for me because any anytime a big corporation is putting people down, I'm just like, yeah, screw them. I'm I'm instantly invested. But uh, on uh, with the Oasis and what IOI represents, wanting to to shut it down, not shut it down, but be the sole proprietor of it. This is a thing that in this world where people live in stacks of trailers, you know that's how bad life's gotten. Uh, that this is their one thing in life that that makes it worth doing, you know. And yeah, it can be just a video game, but as you said, when you die in the game, you lose everything that you work for. So now it has become, you know, their life's work or in these characters, and whether that is good or bad on the outside life, I mean, a corporation coming in and trying to resell you your entire life, I that's just something that I was just like, oh no, I, I I'm in on this. Yeah, I think because the, the movie did nothing but paint it as something these people should all give up. All it's doing is tying them into this thing, this currency, it's controlling their lives. Because at one point, like, he stepped, well, not his stepdad, his step-uncle, because he's living with his aunt. Yeah. Uh, is like, you know, I've lost all of this month's rent in the game. I'm like, well... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All, all it was telling me all over the course of the movie yeah. is that this is something they should all give up. At the end of the movie, I mean, I'm not in spoilers yet, but I'll just say it doesn't really commit to like solving it either. It's just kind of a half measure. Everything feels like a half measure. Like it doesn't really commit yeah. to any one kind of point. And I just I don't know. Yeah. It, yeah, I guess I can just describe this as a magic trick where, in the moment, I don't care how it's done. I'm just mystified. Like, holy crap! How do you saw that woman in half? And then when you stop to think about it, go, oh, she, you know, probably wasn't really in that box, and that probably wasn't a real saw. It, it takes the magic out of it, and you're kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I think but, that's the big thing for me. For the magic just wasn't there for me at all because it was yeah. just I was watching a CG army, and it was just kind of like, eh, you know, nothing's really. Yeah, you're describing how I feel about video games, where I'm just like, yeah, okay, guys, like that's cool, but you wasted, you know, 48 hours on this game that you might never play again, like. I don't, I don't know. So, <laughs> oh dear. Uh, so, also here's a here's a weird thing. This movie has two English actors with horrible American accents. I don't know why they just didn't let them have English accents. Uh, Simon Pegg's in this, and he's got an American accent, and it sounds yeah. weird. And then Hannah John Kamen is in this, and she has an American accent, and it sounds weird and off. Who who is she? She's like uh, the head of security for IOI. Oh 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 yeah yeah yeah. She has that ridiculous name. I yeah. can't think of it right now. Oh, yeah, it was uh, Finale Zandor. Yeah. Like, Finale. Like, like Finale, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That said, uh, Olivia Cook and, and her her acting, I think, I know this is a bit of a digression, uh, even as Artemis in The Oasis, I really liked you know, the presence that she brought. Oh, no, she's good. And that's actually one of the problems of the movie is that everyone's more interesting than the main dude. <laughs> Yeah, that's uh, and again, that's he's such a cipher in the book. Like I get so upset when when people bring up the Force Awakens and that Ray is a Mary Sue, and as I'm reading Ready Player One, I was like, oh no, that this is what a real Mary Sue is, guys. Like oh, read Ready Player yeah. One. I've also heard there the, is the, nothing the character can't do. Yeah, I've also uh, heard the book's quite sexist. Like like Artemis is basically his prize in the in the yeah. book for for succeeding. Yeah. And it's like, oh, come on. Oh. Yeah. That's why I like the changes that they made, ultimately. And I feel like this is the better version of that story, where I can enjoy the, the story in this form, but, like, not in the original, because it is very problematic. Yeah, I... 
Well, this is the thing. Like, I, I feel like like she's far more interesting than he is. Like, he, he's just like he just sort of stumbles around and he's like you know bland generic he guy. It, finds it. Yeah, yeah. And it's like well, there's more interesting characters here to, to yeah. do. Uh, it's also really convenient, despite the fact that they're all in an online game world, and they all they, they constantly talk about how we could be anywhere, we could be anyone, but they all happen to live in the same city, give or take. <laughs> yeah, and that's handled better in the book, but again, it, it takes so the book sets things up so drastically that you're like, that's why it was claimed to be unfilmable, mm. and it's not just because of of all the pop culture stuff, the 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 story pieces that Klein chooses to use are just so far-fetched. You're like, well, did you think about that before you put it in there? Like, you know, so... Uh, but yeah, I'm trying not to spoil too much. Yeah, yeah. Again, I'm trying not to compare it to the book, but I, I I feel like if I didn't read the book first, I would be much more in yours. But because I want it to be better, you know, I, I'm looking past a lot of the flaws because it was more enjoyable. Yeah, for, for, for me, it was... Uh thoroughly in like mediocre territory like I, like it's not the worst thing ever um actually joe you know what it did that pissed me off this is this is more subjective uh is that it blue balls me on the back to the future theme because when he's driving in the car the music kept feeling like it was about to go into the main theme from back yep. to the future. it kept almost doing it it kept like just you could hear little bits of it coming in and it just never did you did get the little, you got the little sting you know the little yeah. thing at one point yep. but that was that was it and it, it blue balls me so much there's another one that I'll mention in spoilers where it did use the music okay. for something, which yeah. did make me fist pump. I'm not gonna lie, but yeah, again, yeah, yeah. it's a cheap pop. So yeah, there and that's it. That's this movie in a nutshell. It's a cheap pop, and it, you either can lose yourself, like people at a wrestling show do, where like, yeah, I understand that it's stupid, I understand what they're doing, but I'm here for a good time, uh, and that's I think more the my side I was in, because uh, I read so many articles out. Uh, Ready Player One doesn't understand pop culture. Player Ready Player One might be Spielberg's worst movie. Ready Player One doesn't understand nerd culture. And I'm just like, guys, like, I don't think this was supposed to be a treatise on all of those. It's just supposed to be a fun movie. That's why it was released in March. So. I mean, I, I can't really fault them for wanting more out of it because I feel like there's potential to do more with it. Uh yeah. And I don't even think it's that good though. It's just a fun movie. Like I think I think it fal- falters on like like I I I mean yeah I, I would not recommend I this at all. I sat there and as it go to go. Pete's not gonna enjoy this. I already know. He no, was, I, I already can feel. Like I just I, there's there's some basic principles to to get right just to be a fun movie. And I I don't think it succeeds in that. I think it, yeah. it feels way more murky. Uh, like there's the, 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 there's parts of good ideas sprinkled in there, but they never really catch on to them so i think with that we'll go into spoilers so feel spoilers for ready player one so just to quickly before i forget the the music that yeah. I, I did uh sort of get hype for is when mecha godzilla shows up i knew that would happen some of the uh the actual godzilla, the, the, the original classic japanese godzilla theme was in the, was mixed out of the score and i did like that touch i did like yeah. that but that was uh, great well, uh, also what about the iron giant and and his I figured that moment would pop you because those are two two things you really love. I, I do love Iron Giant. I, it, it feels like a weird choice though for this, um, because yeah. the Iron Giant, like his whole thing is that he didn't want to be a weapon, and then in yeah. this movie he's just used as a weapon. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I explained this because James, one of our friends, brought this up, and uh, you know, 
it's not like it's the actual Iron Giant. It's a copy that H made, you know. To, oh yeah, sure. But that that, that kind of goes know. back to the idea that the it's all just hollow references without any actual yeah. uh, depth. Well, to because them. it makes such a dope visual in in the trailer when you see it standing there, you know, looking out over you know on this cliff, and I kind of wanted it to do more than than just what it did you know like i figured it would have been a character or something and like you said it basically just becomes a tank you know yeah and pretty, it, pretty much and, um, and it represents h you know themselves and but when it falls into the lava and it gives the terminator 2 thumbs up i was like oh if pete doesn't like this i don't i don't know I mean, yeah. like, uh, like as he was going down, I was going to do the thumbs up from T2, yeah. and sure enough, it did. And I'm like, okay, that's fine, whatever. But I don't yeah, know. I say, look, you're smiling right now. This is the thing, though. But this point in the movie, I was so checked out that it didn't matter. Like, like earlier on, like when we first went to H's like uh, workshop, and like there's mm-hmm. a box of all the different ships he's she's built, and it's like. Uh, oh, the Galactica. Oh, the thing from I can't remember the name of ship, but the thing from Silent Running. Oh, also there was another one, but it, it was like it was like oh, it was aliens. It was Sulaco from Aliens, yeah. and I was like, okay, I don't often hear uh, a reference to to uh, Silent Running in my movies. So this is kind of amusing. There's well, a, a Buckeye Bonzu reference at one point. Yeah, yeah, because he wears the suit, and, and there was in, in the book there he has a Serenity class ship. Uh, one of the fireflies. I'm not gonna lie. There was a them. moment when the Asian kid came in. Yeah. Uh, in the final battle, it looked kind of like it was going to be a, a firefly class ship, and I was yeah. like, oh, okay, that'll make me smile if it is. And it wasn't. It just it was kind of similar. No, and I was I was disappointed in that because I kind of wanted to see firefly. No, that but, wouldn't know. matter. Like, I, that's the thing. Like, even though even when it's doing reference to things I like, it's still pretty hollow because it's not really. Like yeah. I think the Shining one works when they, when one of the games is they have to go inside the Shining. That that worked because part of the, the joke of that was that uh, H didn't like horror movies, so didn't mm-hmm. she hadn't watched the Shining. So the joke yeah. during that whole section was that she didn't know what was coming. So yeah. when the the, the 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 pretty naked lady gets out of the bath, like she's like, oh, okay, I'll go with this. And I love and I love that everyone in the audience who has seen the Shining is going, no, 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 no. You know, me and my wife included. Uh, but H has no reference for it. It just yeah. keeps going. You know, uh, and like, you know, like you're bringing up Room 337 and like, you're know, just seeing the set recreated. Like, that, like I, I feel like the, the story would work better and it'd feel less cheap if instead of just littering it with hundreds and hundreds of references, mm-hmm. boil it down to just the few that mean the most. Yeah. You know, yeah. ha- have The Shining, have whatever the final bit's going to be, which in this case is, uh, like, it's all Atari games, so they're in playing Atari games. Uh, and ultimately, it's like we're finding the first ever Easter egg in a video game kind of thing. Like that. That's ultimately what it ends up being. And Okay, that's it's all, it's all fine as an idea, um, but I don't know. I just... The rest of it just didn't work for me all that much. And there's, there's certain things that don't make sense to me, like... So, the reveal that Simon Pegg was actually the robotic butler inside the... Because the, one of the big plot devices in the movie is that Halliday has like a museum with all of his memories in it. And they can go and watch his memories and stuff. Yeah. And, and that was that help because, again, that's all exposition that gets seeded out through the book because it's all third person or first person storytelling. So mm. he goes, oh, and then I went to my journal and remembered. So this offered a device where... They can show you instead of tell you, right? Because that's what yeah. you always want to do but, in a film. So I liked that. Um, but that, that's just where a lot. 
Yeah, this is where a lot of the ideas though that I felt were half baked started to come in though. Like they set up that okay, so he was in love with uh, like Simon Pegg's like what would be his wife, right? Like because right. he he was this shy guy who never asked anyone out. He went on one date and we see this scene where Simon Pegg's like, oh, tell us about the date, and we find out oh no, that's the woman that he ended up marrying that Simon Pegg married, and it was all like oh, did he like not take the chance and try and like you know reach out to her and you know actually you know like progress the relationship is that his biggest regret and i thought okay right so we're setting up this idea that he maybe has regrets and obviously his friendship with Simon Pegg eventually fell apart because of everything that's happened so okay so we're going to analyze that and they mentioned at one point oh because she died like she died later on and that was Mm -hmm. like a source of sadness i thought the movie did almost nothing with this like you see in like one moment that she she died at some point and it's never really brought up again yeah i didn't i felt that they wouldn't have touched on that because it's it comes into play during the last uh, section of the book, uh, where, where you know he you know finds the Easter egg, and but it's more layered because as of all the gates are more layered. Uh, but other than that, it doesn't come in. So the fact that it it didn't come up as early as it did, it, you know, I thought, why is this even in here? You know, and then they did try to make it work. I feel like they tried some of the stuff, and you know, I'd rather have something try and fail than them not attempt it. By that, the key to that being the shining scene, where they went on their date, and that's where it factored in, versus being this small thing at the end where he uncovers the egg because of the name, you know, through, yeah, through that. When Simon Pegg shows up at the end, like I had like okay, so first of all, you've been this robot inside the the thing like for the last five years. That's kind of yeah. weird. Secondly, mm-hmm. like okay, you're here now, like, did you make up with them then? Because now you're, like, like helping, like, take care of the game afterwards and making sure these people yeah. who are supposed to get it, get it. Like, are you yeah. helping with all this? Were you friends again? Like, it never really goes into, like, that. Or... See, I, I took that as he... He wanted to make sure the game was fair. That's what Holiday wanted. And that's what... So, IO, IOI represents that... They're basically cheating, right? They they have this army of people at their disposal to, to constantly hunt... And they're trying to give themselves an edge. Whereas what Ogden Morrow represented was, hey, I knew Halliday. I can't actually hunt for the egg myself, uh, but I'll try to make it fair for everybody. And that's why, you know, so him and Halliday might have had a, a fight and a falling out, but he still wants his friends or his former friends dream to, you know, to exist as it should, not not be corrupted. Yeah, you, you're getting a lot of this. I'm not sure where you're pulling it from. <laughs> <laughs> because in the movie he just shows up at the end and he's like hey guys well, saying the contract that's the point of him being the butler you know is he's he's operating as that character you know he's he's curating that museum of Halliday you yeah, know it just I don't know it, felt, it all felt really it felt thin and underbaked to me it felt like they didn't really yeah. do something with it it's like they had all these ideas they threw them all at the wall and just left them all in there without actually making sure anyone was developed enough to actually go well, through the whole and movie and I feel that's part of the problem with bringing the the writer back as the screenplay. Like, yeah, he worked with Zach Penn, and Zach Penn's a very accomplished, you know, blockbuster screenwriter. But I, I feel like Klein was too precious with a lot of these things, and that's I feel why. Yeah, you get a little bit of this and a little bit of that, uh, and I wish they just wouldn't because that really I've only found that works right now with J.K. Rowling doing the the new Fantastic Beast movies, where she's created this world, but she's creating something new as well. So instead of doing books, she's doing the movies. Um, but but yeah, I, I get what you're saying there, where it's underbaked and underbeat. But yeah, I, I have nothing. <laughs> I, I'm trying. 
And here's another thing. So, so the end of the movie when he gets control of it and he says, "Okay, me and my my clan will share the oasis. It won't just be me on my own. And we have to do it as friends." I'm like, okay, right. and then he's like, and he explains at the end. Oh, so we did these changes. We made sure that you couldn't cheat anymore. We made sure this, blah 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 blah. And he's like, oh, and one last rule they put in that wasn't very popular. We we turn off the oasis on Tuesdays and Thursdays because real life's important too. And all I could feel like this feels like such a weird way to like, make your point that oh no real life's important you have to like, actually you know not ignore it like oh so it's often Tuesdays and Thursdays oh that's the, like, it just it felt like oh no well, it's, it's, it's a little band-aid just, just a little bit like I don't know it, it, I feel yeah. like it had no the impact at the end of the, the day end. the world's still the world's still screwed and you know it's still in this place but these five characters are now sharing a trillion dollars right so they can do with it as they please and I feel that got lost in, in the ending, because it, it goes into the Spielberg sentimentality. Yeah, I feel like, but again, I, I feel like they don't even react as if they've just gotten rich. Oh. There's like no, none of that there. Oh. Just, it, you, you could almost forget that they were getting all that money if, you, if yeah. you'd, you'd forgotten about the hell in the movie. Yeah, and it feels like that. And again, it, it's that magic trick where it, it's exploiting points of logic. At this point, I'm invested in him bringing down not just IOI, but uh, Ben Mendelsohn's character, who I'm, uh, Sorrento. Mm. Uh, and his character, just because, you know, goddamn, Ben Mendelsohn's great at playing a villain. Uh, and, and his relationship with Artemis and what that means, because that was another change that I, I did like, was she's actually kind of running this rebellion under uh, IOI. On that subject, actually, so remember how we were talking earlier on about how I don't like the look of the CG and it could just be live action? Mm-hmm. At one point in this, they actually trick Mendelsohn's character into thinking he's in the real world, but he's actually yeah. still in their like you know version of the Oasis, and I'm like, that's why, problematic. Why doesn't it all just look like this thing if it's this realistic? Yeah. Crap, I forgot about that. Pete, you're making me like this less. I don't like doing these sometimes. <laughs> I'm sorry, but like it really bugged me. Yeah. I'm like, why doesn't it always just look like this thing if it can look this good? Yeah, that's true. Because that, that was a nice change. I like that uh, because there, there's a total WTF moment there uh and like you see that sorrento because he's old and and not quite this generation he has to write down his password still Mm. and you know z sees that and they exploit it in that way and i was wondering how that was going to come back and it's a fun moment until you realize okay why does everything still look like this because you think that sorrento is exactly who he wants to be in the real world so why would he change the way he looks in in the oasis at all you know why why would he he go into that character editor and change it all but yeah i I, I, just do uh i just a bit more cynicism here but the -hmm. whole thing at times felt like a a, an advert for vr i like see that opening stuff where like he's coming down all the stacks of houses and we see Mm -hmm. all the windows of everyone else is wearing a vr headset i'm like oh man sony's rubbing their hands together at this they're like oh yeah sell that vr let me make it look great make it look fun do it (laughs) and some of it has gotten sick in vr i'm like no please don't let this be the future yeah i'm very i'm still very analog with everything you know i still like my physical comics and whatnot so really i wasn't feeling that and then obviously all the talk of like like buying things in game with real money was bugging me because i hate that in games in fact at one point when they went to the gamer alley and it's like you know yeah. it's like halo overwatch borderlands yeah i was like well this is kind of weird because like this is all stuff way past halliday's time like everything else he's referencing is all from the 80s and the 70s you know it's, yeah. it's, it's all your spielberg well, movies your star treks your 
Yeah, but oh, so he was a forward thinker too, and that you know, the, the Oasis is an open coda type thing, so you can outside of the eh, game sure. you can change stuff, and you know, as as new things come into being, you know, it allows for these. But it's also that was Halliday's sweet spot, but I, I feel like he was also a big fan of pop culture just in general, so he. You know, up till he died, it, he was involved in, in all these things. I, I think there's this weird point where some of it started to just genuinely feel like product placement. Yeah. Where it was like, okay, this is not for a reference. This is just like, hey, this is this is a game movie for gamers. There's all your games you can you can check out. Yeah. Go, go buy an Xbox One so you can play your new Halo on it. Yeah. Like, you know, I was I was getting See, those vibes it, from that scene. And I said this as as someone that watched uh, Tomb Raider a couple weeks ago, going, <laughs> "This made me want to buy a PlayStation and play it through the game." I don't. I didn't have that in Ready Player One. I just. Oh yeah. With Ready Player One, I was fully ready to to give myself into the nostalgia of things that I love. Honestly, versus... like, Tomb Raider had its problems. We 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 dissect, dissected that pretty yeah pretty in depthly at the time. Uh, I do think Tomb Raider is a bit of a better movie than this, though. For all its faults, I think it actually is better than Ready Player One. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, I, I think it comes down to taste, though, too. Not that I'm arguing one's better than the other right now, because. I, I'm on a streak of three three in a row movies that I've enjoyed. That doesn't happen too much anymore. So, you know. Uh, but, yeah. So, I just... When it comes to games, it's kind of... The, the, I left this, and the one thing I didn't like was how much it made video games seem important to culture, whereas I don't feel that right now. I feel like, yeah, people like video games, but as someone, again, that that's stepped away from them... Hell, I, I feel like just became a thing... But if the Oasis became a thing, it's something I wouldn't participate in. You know, well, I mean, like, I feel like that, and I like video games. I, I, I think it yeah. just it didn't sell us as, as how this functioned in society differently than just being really popular, because they never actually touch on like, like apparently the book does, where it's oh no, actual people have jobs in here, and actual people come out of the Oasis yeah. to do other things. That that's yeah, really culture changing. Yeah, that, that, this this movie just presents it as oh, this is just an entertainment thing that every single person does. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I get that. So I don't know. That that that, that was weird to me. Um, but yeah, I like I say, the, like I, I think the movie is probably at its best in the middle. Once it sets up mm-hmm. the goal and they're trying to like do the puzzles and the, the stuff and they're in the shining section, I think that's where it was at its best. I think the the opening chunk is just too much reference, reference, reference. You can climb a mountain with Batman, and Batman's there. It's like, okay, very good. Um, and then you get the middle bit, and then the end is just, oh, CG armies, crap. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter. Nothing. That, so all that, all that said, I, I did like the first gate where it was that race. I mean, because the fact that I get the DeLorean, a T-Rex, and King Kong in, in one go, I, I can't deny me having a ton of fun with that. Uh, and then even the way that he figures it out, you know, I liked, I liked the changes from there. I, I, I just wish it looked better. I guess is my problem with that. I have no, I have nothing yeah. wrong with the concept. If I actually like that it's a race because it's a really simple idea that we can understand mm-hmm. as an audience and someone can win it. I think the bigger problem with the last challenge, with the the whole Atari thing, yeah. is that we have no investment in the actual playing of the game. Like it's just the armies are going on outside, and then eventually when he gets there, it's like okay, this is what you have to do, and he does it in like ten seconds, and it's fine. Yeah. I feel like an actual challenge that we could have gotten invested in and watched. Mm-hmm. Uh, and understood what the consequence, what the you know what it took to win, 
and watch it as you know in the same way that in like a a sports movie you you you, you understand yeah. the game well enough that when they're in the final match you and at the end of the movie the chips are down it's the end of the tournament but you understand what they need to do to win so you're invested in the actual ongoings of the, the game yeah. that's playing uh here it's like oh there's this game adventure and you have to find easter egg and you, you go through back to the start and i'm like okay but you're, you're just sort of like cutting through it quickly i, I can't actually tell what's happening or, or there's there's no suspense and it as, as it's playing. You know what would have been cool if it would have sucked him in Poltergeist style because again you get another Spielberg-ish reference mm. and he has to play through Adventure which is this single pixel game right where you, you walk around as a cube and but he gets sucked into that world and has to go through the game and find the Easter egg you know yeah, in there instead of playing uh, on the Atari you know? Yeah. I don't know. I, uh, I think yeah. ultimately it just feels like a big hollow CGI mess to me and uh, with, with bland characters, so, some more interesting characters, but the lead, the lead character is very bland. I like Mendelssohn, although at this point he's so typecast in this role. Yeah. That said, because uh, you're, you're familiar with wrestling, looking at him here in the suit and just his sneer, if he doesn't ever play Vince McMahon at any point, <laughs> I will be upset. Like I need to hear him, you're fi- hear him say, you're fired. Uh, but yeah, he's such a good creep. I like Olivia Cook. Uh, she's in danger of joining my my you know favorite actresses that I'm you know. Well, you, you, mean that, you mean that creepy shrine you've got in a closet somewhere with candles? It's not with... in the closet, Pete. It's in the hutch in the living room. It's you, not. You, you've hidden. got the, the photo of Chas there and the photo of uh, like, what's her face from Game of Thrones? If it's Sophie Turner. No, she's she's been replaced. We we, we don't talk about her no more. I have no, evidence of you course. vandalizing a stand up of her in a, a theater. It was not vandalized. I took a very nice picture. It's fine. Uh, yeah, an arm went missing, but yeah, it's fine. That wasn't that wasn't for me. It was like that when I got there, and that's my story. And I, <laughs> I know how that sounds just now, but I just you know she was so good, and I'm changing the subject. Dang it, she was so good in Mean Earl and the Dying Girl, and oh, yeah. she's great on Bates Motel. Uh, I and I, that, I really well, I've seen the first episode of that, but yeah, so I, I've seen the first season, and she's fantastic. Uh, I haven't seen Thoroughbreds, but I hear good things about her in that. Uh, and then throughout here, whether it was in the real world or as Artemis, I feel she's the strongest performance. Uh, the the lady that played H, I thought was pretty good. Uh, yeah, she's from uh, the Aziz Azari show from Netflix. Uh, yeah. What do we call from, it? Uh, Master. That's the one. She's in that. Yeah, I, I thought she was real well playing like that best friend buddy type. That that even in you know you you. You know something's up just with the, the, the oddness of the voice of that character. Uh, but I liked her. But yeah, like you said, the main guy, he was Cyclops, right? Uh, Ty yeah, Sheridan? Yeah, in the last X-Men movie, yeah. And presumably the next one as well. Yeah. They got delayed. <laughs> to play, you know, these, these vanilla type characters, you know? I don't know. Yeah. I assume you appreciated the Clark Kent glasses joke. Oh, I love the Clark Kent glasses joke. I like the, you know, Halliday's favorite quote being from the Superman movie, you know, uh, you know, from Lex Luthor about all that. So, so yeah, yeah. It, there, there's things that I, that really sung for me, but I guess I, I can just keep going to a magic trick. Like I was so mystified in the moment, but when I stopped to think about how it's actually done, you know, uh, and I'm just again happy that it was a fun Spielberg movie. So I haven't had one of these in a while, you know. Not even Crystal Skull was that fun, and I'm a defender of that movie. Uh, and like you said, you fell asleep during Tintin. I haven't gone back to Tintin. Yeah, I fell asleep during that. Since the theater, 
Uh, and then all his other stuff, Lincoln, I I can appreciate them for what they are, but I don't need to revisit them ever. Like, yeah, I don't get the hang. I mean, those cameos from Freddy Krueger, Jason Voorhees, and Chucky in this, and I feel like that's supposed to speak to me. And the Chucky moment was kind of funny, but, like, yeah. you know, it wasn't, like... Again. I did like The Shining, because, in, again, in the book, they go both into Blade Runner, and they go into War Games. And they have to basically mimic the movie, and that's how they defeat those. Which, again, that's unfilmable. So what they did here with The Shining, where they had to go in and play through it, but not exactly do all the lines at the right time and be the characters, I thought was was pretty smart. Yeah. And the fact that we know that Spielberg really admired uh, old Kubrick, that was cool that he got to go in, in, into that. Yeah, obviously, one there's a lot of DC characters. Obviously, this is a Warner Brothers movie, so Warner Brothers they, movie. they're allowed to use DC and Warner Brothers characters. So there's like you know there's Harley Quinn at one point. Although interestingly, I thought they picked their Arkham Asylum from the video games look. Yeah. Uh, so I mean, I guess that's a nice. Yeah, touch. but Dead, Deadpool um, also pops in there, right? He, he, you see him walking around. I think that's Deathstroke. I actually think you're making a mistake. <laughs> that's was Deathstroke. It? Oh crap! I, well, I wasn't paying much attention to that as they're walking yeah, by. Yeah, it's, it's when he's walking into the, the club and there's the yeah. I'm pretty yeah. sure that's Deathstroke that walks. Oh okay. Maybe, maybe I'm well, wrong. The... Maybe maybe everyone else saw Deadpool. Maybe it's just me. But I, I thought it was Deathstroke. Well, <laughs> to be fair, early in those characters' careers, they were basically the same. Yeah, they were. I mean, yeah. they were very Wilson, similar. Slade Wilson. You know, but I also got the Deadpool two trailer right before the movie started, so I might have been just primed to think. Deadpool, okay, so me, me, me and Connor were laughing actually because we we're reading John's Teen Titans and Deathstroke's yeah. brother is, is Wade Wilson. Yeah, I was like, oh, that's really yeah. funny. <laughs> well, I mean, and that's where Liefeld got the idea for Deadpool. I mean, even that name, it, it, he was the mercenary and his first appearance isn't at all close to what he becomes. So, oh, you course. know, it's just one of those things that it's art imitating, you know, parody becoming its own thing, I guess. But yeah, I'm just happy I had a good Spielberg movie had a good time with it. Uh, yeah, these, these sentences are not computing with me. <laughs> For me, that's yeah. just further proof that he's not got it anymore. But you know, yeah, I uh, he still has a Robotech movie lined up, and I can't say I'm excited for that at all. <laughs> so, well, he's doing Indy Five next, I think. So yeah, well, we all know how I feel about Indiana Jones. So if you think I was invested in Ready Player One, if that's a shambles. I you guys are gonna have to check in on me because I might be in a corner huddled crying. I just like uh, geriatric Harrison Ford on his walking stick, you know, with Indy hat on. We'll see how that goes. I mean, I thought he was told when they did Crystal Skull, and that's ten years old now. I know he was sixty-five. Now he's seventy-five. Uh, yeah, it's getting it's getting kind of ridiculous, planes. right? It's getting kind of ridiculous. It is. I was always down for them. This is a tie track. I was always fine with them recasting Indy. And because they were always based on adventure serials, and you had to realize Harrison Ford wasn't going to be able to play that character forever. Yeah, well, you know? amusingly, I, I always thought Indy was more recastable than uh, Han Solo, which is yeah. funny because we're getting a recast Han Solo soon. But right, uh, you know, and you had River Phoenix and and uh, was it Sean Patrick Flannery playing young Indiana Jones? So you can do it. Like you just put it at a different time, uh, and instead we're getting seventy-five-year-old Harrison Ford who. He's one of my favorite actors of all time. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you have don't to assume there'll be some torch passing going on in this next one. Yes. But not yeah. Shia LaBeouf, who's run away. He's far, he's far away from the sure. franchise now. Yeah, Lucas. The, the fact that Lucas isn't involved, I think, is a good sign, too. Because 
the parts of Crystal Skull I think that don't work are very Lucas heavy. You know. I'm going to debate Crystal Anyways. Skull today. That's that's a, that's a that's a discussion for a, a whole own, yeah. own episode. But uh, yeah, so yeah, Red Player One's kind of mediocre, weak, and thin and hollow, and doesn't really decide what it wants to be. It hints at lots of possibilities. There's lots of things that it could have been about. From the from the first half of the movie, I'm like, okay, it'll either be the sentimental approach where pop culture like saved this guy's life, or it's the opposite where it's a really cynical approach where he obsessed over it and that, that made the rest of his life miserable. And that ties into the world right now because they're ignoring the world's problems and they're just spending their time in the game. And I never really feel like it really committed to either of those. I, I, I'm like, okay, you can make this a story about how they're just trying to take down the corrupt. Uh, you know, company that's trying to like, take over the game, uh, but I never really felt they sold me on how evil they were either. I mean, I know, I know, there was like a moment where uh, Cook's character's like, "Oh yeah, my, they basically killed my dad by working him too hard," yeah. and I'm like, "Okay, sure, yeah, cool. they're awful." But <laughs> yeah, in, in this world too, IOI has made it legal for indentured servitude again, which we all got rid of in the 1700s. You know, yeah. So the fact though that you they make it so impossible not to owe them money. That they basically turn you into a slave. You I know? also like, like here's another criticism that I have of the movies. I actually wasn't sure because in the middle of the film, when they find out who who he really is, right? They find out his real name's Wade, and they go after yeah. him, right? They blow up his his home, like a stack of like trailers yeah. that he lives in. They they blow that up, and when that mm-hmm. happens, I legitimately didn't know if this was like illegal or if they like were actually in control and this was like something they were allowed to just do and it wasn't until yeah. the very end of the film where police show up to arrest them they're like okay okay that was legal yeah. they, they were they were operating doing shadowy things outside the law as opposed yeah. to i thought they were because the way they were all acting like oh they're in control i'm like oh are they actually just in, are they the government as well like are they just in charge of things like i wasn't sure yeah the movie that, never that's really something set that, that they set me. up in the book that because it's so bad in the stacks like, oh, they're just going to chalk it up to a meth explosion. They're not going to look too much into this. So basically, okay. by exploiting the crappiness of the world, they get away with it. And I felt they could have done a, a, a better job. See, that that sounds kind of interesting. Like, you know, the, the, yeah. these people are forgotten. These people are... Uh, also, can I just say, at the end of the movie, when they've got all these armies, and you see out in the real world that there's people all up and down the streets, yeah. all wearing VR headsets, I'm like, okay, you want to tell me that they're all helping the fight? Sure. I don't see them putting their VR headsets on and doing all this out in the street. Would yeah. Matt? Would you go out into the street blindfolded and just like stand no. there and hope that no one like, comes up and does no. something? No, you wouldn't, would you? Uh-huh. Silly. Uh-huh. I'm just saying. Yeah, that was silly. I thought that was silly as well. I was just like, okay, I get what you're doing. Like the streets should have been a better for me. With the streets are just bare. Yeah, empty. Yeah, because everyone's inside doing this. Because yeah. everyone's inside doing their part and you, to and you, down Iowa. And you can show that. You can show them looking around the street, seeing why is it so empty, and then cut to a lot of those window shots of them all in their houses. Mm-hmm you know, punching and kicking and doing whatever. Yeah. Uh, there you go. Easy. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought it was weak sauce, ultimately, is what I'm, that's my summary. So I guess we'll, we'll get on to rating the movie out of 10. Unless there's anything else, Matt, that you feel like I've, I've skimmed over and you want to... No, you're, you're fair. You're, you're ruining my enjoyment of it. That's fine. <laughs> right? How sorry, dare you Matt. shine a truth light? Do you know what? It's funny because I saw you liked it before I went and saw it because you saw it the day before right. I did, and I went and I was like, okay, Matt liked it, but I don't know if that means anything in this case. Yeah. And, and I'm like, I'm like, so far into it, I'm like, you know, I'm starting to really not like this, and I, I think I think yeah, I'm let's not forget my my number three movie of the year was Kong Skull Island, and I understand full of the flaws of that movie, uh, but yeah. So. Oh God! No, no, Matt. If nothing else, you you, you don't waver. You're you. 
I don't. That's you, it. You, you I, don't I pretend you're anyone else. I'll make fun of you for it, but I'll, I'll applaud you. Oh, and I fully expect it. Yeah. I've been dreading this day since Saturday, <laughs> uh, but because I thought you were just going to be all doom and gloom, and this was terrible, and you know, I think I presented my points in any civilized, jovial manner. And you did. It wasn't just I didn't like it because it was boring, and I thought that's where I was going to get with you. But no, it was... I, I mean, I think I was bored by the time we got to the end. I think by the time we got to yeah, the final fight, a... I was just bored of the big, you know, action going on because it was whatever. I was worried I was going to have to get my shield and, and hammer and defend this to... But the fact you were just like, oh no, I have valid points and it makes me think about, oh yeah, that was, you know, oh no, that was a problem. Okay, yeah, that was a problem too. I can't deny these things, you know. Yeah. I am level-headed. And oh. Wade is just such a bland character. I don't give a shit yeah, about him. I... <laughs> I walked away liking Artemis so much more, and then in fact I went, you know, I went to the mall and they were having sales on on Funko Pops, and I haven't bought Pops in forever. And I had the opportunity to get a, a a Infinity War Thor or Artemis, right? And I was like, yeah, I liked Artemis so much, but you know, nothing nothing outranks the Odin Sun, as far as I'm concerned. So I put the Artemis back and uh, Superman. Yeah, no, come on. Yeah, 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 but I, I have all the Superman pops. As, as you can see. <laughs> I own them yeah. already. <laughs> yeah, so I don't have this Thor one yet. But I guess that that's a, I, how I feel on the film all overly. Like, yeah, I came out of it like, yeah, this is awesome. But given something else that I enjoy more, it's going to go to the wayside. Yeah, I, I don't see me ever watching this again. I, I don't... I don't yeah. think this is going to have that much of a shelf. I actually think it's a, a really weird movie in, like, in terms of who it appeals to. Because... Yeah. On the one hand, it's got all these references to things from the 80s, so older people mm-hmm. like it, but I feel like the story's more un- younger aimed at. It's weird. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you know where my brother comes in at, who's in the younger demo. There's eight years between us. Uh, he's heavy, heavy into like the first-person shooters and stuff. Mm. That's his jam. So I'll see how he comes out of this. He could end up loving it. He, he didn't stop talking about Black Panther for three weeks, though. So I know his tastes have, have leveled up, if you will. Oh, that's so. nice. Uh, and to be fair, Black Panther also had a really shitty CG final fight. Like I'll call it out for that because yeah. that's that's worth calling out. Yeah. Uh, but this was like thirty minutes of shitty yeah. CG army fight thing. <laughs> gotcha. Oh god, I'm so bored. I mean, I I I, I got a little excited with Mecha Godzilla because I like Mecha Godzilla, but <laughs> that was a bit. Anyway, uh, so we'll rate it uh, out of ten, Matt. What are you giving it? So I came in with a higher score, but you've 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 beaten me down with a stick. Uh, and ultimately, I started at an eight, uh, and as we've gone, I've, I've removed points, so I'm at a seven. I'm still going to give it high marks, but not okay. as not as high as, yeah. All right, uh, yeah, I think ultimately you may you may actually think I'm a bit higher than what I was probably going to give it, but I think I'm landing on a five point five. I think okay. it's thoroughly in that middle mediocre. It's competent to a point, of course, because Spielberg's not an idiot, but it, no. it's just. Everything's undercooked. It's got some a couple of fun references, but ultimately it doesn't really feel like it's about much. And at the end, I was just kind of like, oh, okay. And I was bored at times and, and whatnot. So. Oh, man. I hope this, this goes because, you know, if they can ever take a poll quote from us, it's Ready Player One. <laughs> Spielberg's not an idiot. Peter Bradley, 1.21 gigawatts. <laughs> oh, my God. I want to see that. Hey, I, 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 I'd feel upset about that though because I feel like they're, they're, they're taking that part that makes it sound better because it sounds like I'm yes, being really positive Spielberg's not an idiot but then the rest of the sentence was but it's really undercooked and kind of boring in places yeah. well that, you know that's what they do though like yeah. when they get they'll say 
stunning, but they'll cut off Lee Bad. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, so you Photoshop people out there, if you could make that happen, uh, I would love to see that poll quote on a Ready Player One poster. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so there you go. Uh, that, that was Ready Player One. So let us know what you thought of the movie in the comments below. Like, subscribe, all that stuff. Get us on the Twitters at mailed underscore fuzz for channel updates. If you want to support the channel, head to patreon.com slash mailfuzztv. There's a link to that in the description. There's, there's votes for various movie shows uh, and other things you can have a look at. But that is us. So thank you once again for watching and listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching movies, and we'll see you next time.